Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Rob. I am so glad to be talking to you today. I have a gentleman who's written really a fabulous book, I think, on porn addiction and porn problems. And there is so much of a need for these directions from so many different angles, I think, in our world. You know, when I look at problems like porn, people have spiritual beliefs, people have religious beliefs, people have feminist beliefs, people have all kinds of beliefs. But what I'm really looking for here is to try to figure out for the individual person who's struggling with porn, what is their dilemma? How can they find healing? How can they find peace? And how can they find their way out? So that brings me to Eddie Caparucci. Eddie is a Christian therapist licensed in Georgia. He's certified in the treatment of sex and porn addiction. He and his wife, Terry, have a private practice working with men who struggle with sex and pornography addiction, along with their wives who are often dealing with the trauma of betrayal. Eddie has worked with professional athletes, NFL, MB, MLB. I don't know all your athlete initials, so there you go, Eddie. Um, But most important, he is creator of the Inner Child Recovery Process for the treatment of sex and pornography addiction. And this is a really unique method that helps individuals get to the root issues of their addiction and provides them with the tools and insight to manage the disorder. And that's really what we're here to talk about, managing the problem. It's been endorsed by a whole bunch of leaders in the field. And this book that we're going to talk about is called Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impacts Your Sexual Addiction. Hey, Eddie, welcome. Thank you for being here. Dr. Rob, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I want to also give you kudos because you do show up and volunteer your time on sex and relationship healing. So I just want to thank you for all the free time you give away to people answering their questions, giving them feedback and just, you know, doing service because like this podcast is free, you know, our opportunities to give away stuff free, boy, in the internet, there's so many, and I'm really glad we're doing that. And thank you for joining us on sex and relationship healing. You know, what we're doing, though, is, again, to, to your point, we're giving. We are, we are helping people who are at a point of their lives where they're really struggling, you know, emotionally and mentally. And so to be able to just be part of that, that to me is an honor. Well, you know what, Eddie, I think you and I have struggled, too. And I know you have. I know I have. I know those of us who are the best at treating people who struggle have struggled ourselves because we get it. And, you know, I think that what you're talking about, this idea of service and compassion, it helps me feel good about myself every day doing this podcast with you thinking somebody out there is going to hear something that's going to help them like and I'll never meet them and you they may not buy your book but they're going to get something that might make their life better and boy am I all about that and I think you are as well yes 
So tell me about your focus. What what made you write this? What are you thinking about now? Inner child's a kind of an older idea. The idea of really going back to the eighties that we have this vulnerable kid inside of us who needs attention and validation. And if you're an addict, that that kid doesn't get nearly enough attention and validation. And in fact, maybe that addiction desire you have to look at porn or sexually act out or drink or use, that could be that little kid inside of you tugging on your sleeve saying, give me attention. And all we end up doing is trying to shut him or her up. So help us with that, Eddie. What are we, what is this all about? Well, what it's about to me, Dr. Rob, is, you know, I look back to when I did my recovery about 20 years ago, I came to the understanding that the more self-reflection I did to understand why had I let sex and porn take such a stronghold on my life and the insight that I gathered from that, looking back at things such as my own abandonment issue, so therefore I had an attachment disorder. You know, that all helped me to be able to understand the rationale for why I was doing the things I was doing. Before that, I just thought, okay, you know what, you're just a pervert. You know, there's just totally wrong with you. You're just completely broken. And therefore I had very little hope in being able to get it right. So, you know, Eddie, I, I, I agree that, and I support, and I completely validate this concept that in order to grow, we have to look at ourselves and we have to look at why we've made the decisions we've made and move beyond the, well, if I feel like it, I'm just going to do it because that can cause a lot of pain for people. But here's the question I have for you, men, you know, men don't really like to look a lot at our, you know, we're kind of like, Hey, that was in the past. Now I'm moving on. My present is what it is. Why do I have to look at all that? I'm a pretty tough guy. I can get through a lot. Why do I need to look back at the past? And why in the world as a man would I need to look at some kid inside of me? Like, that's a lot of guys I run into, Eddie. How do you handle that? Yeah, by saying to them, you know what? That's what gotten you in the, into the problem that you have in the first place. You will not sit with emotional discomfort. And if you look at almost every addiction, what's at the core in, in many cases, the idea that we can't sit with our emotional pain, so we learn to distract escape. So here, this is part of the problem that you have. If you want to ultimately resolve this issue in a sense that you can learn to manage it, then you need to learn how to be able to sit with discomfort and realize it's not going to kill you. Okay, I'm going to bring that one step further for the guy out there who's going to be difficult because I've had a few of these guys. You know, I let my wife do the feeling in the relationship. That's not my job to have all those feelings. Uh, I don't understand why I have to really have to focus on that. Why, why can't, well, it's just porn. What does it have to do with my feelings? I mean, you know, we run into a lot of folks and especially people who buy your book who don't necessarily have any real experience or understanding why they have to look back, why they have to examine the path, why they want to, might be so thoughtful about the steps they're taking in life. They've never lived that way before. So um, what would you say to them about why? I mean, you say, okay, well, that's the problem. Say more about that. What do you mean that's the problem? The idea for me is that it is the emotional pain point that we endured when we were children, adolescents, and teenagers that we learned to either repress or suppress. That's still on us today. There are events that happen in our lives that mirror those pain points from the past. And not being aware of them, what will happen is that our anxiety level will increase or our sense of feeling uncomfortable, whatever it may be. And we've learned that whenever we start to experience some of those things that we need to escape. 
So let me try one out on you then. Let, let me give you that, okay? So let's say my wife and kids are going away for the weekend, and I had a lot of abandonment as a child. I mean, I was constantly a latchkey kid. There was nobody there. Mom was going out, leaving dinner on the table, and nobody was home at night. So nobody being home and people leaving are kind of bring up a lot of feelings for me, and I'm not even aware of it. So I think this is what you're saying. And so let's say my wife's going to go see friends and family and take the kids and go away for the weekend. And all of a sudden, I feel like I want to look at a lot of porn and see a prostitute. You're saying that might not be, ooh, I got some free time and I can play. It might actually be something deeper, which is, you know, when they go away, I have really difficult feelings that come up for me. And I don't even know I have them. What I just turn to is the porn. What I turn to is calling sex workers. But what's really going on is that so much of what happened to me as a child, when my family goes away, it gets stirred up. I don't even know it. I just feel like acting out. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And what's happening when I decide to act out is I'm comforting myself. Now, wait a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge that because what we're doing when we're trying to comfort ourselves, that's not particularly, we don't feel good about it later, you know? So why would I choose sex to comfort myself? Well, one, it's my go-to because somewhere along the line when I was a kid, teenager, whatever, I came across sex and I found, whoa, what a great distraction this is from anything that may be bothering me. And we do the same thing today as adults. So yes, you're right. While maybe I'm, after I'm finished, I'm full of grief, shame, you know, uh, guilt. But while it's happening, it's removing me from the world that I don't want to be sitting in. So therefore, I'm by myself. Kids are gone. Wife is gone. It's creating a little bit of anxiety in me. Yes, anxiety. So therefore, I just go and I do that. And now, oh, I'm, I'm okay for a while. Well, I don't have to think about anything because I'm focused on porn or sex. And when I'm doing that, nothing else really seems that important. That's exactly right. But this is really the revelation to people in recovery or people who have a problem is I'm not just doing this because I feel like it and it's fun. I'm doing it because there's something wrong inside of me that I'm trying to run away from. That's a very big shift for somebody when they're in therapy, would you say? It definitely is. But what it, what it does, it opens up people's eyes to understand. And not just the person who is engaged in the behavior that's hurting, but the person who's hurt, the person who's been betrayed. By seeing this, they now can learn to have a, a bit more empathy for their partner to say, okay, wait a second. Now, look, I don't like your behavior. I hate it. But I can now see that there's something more here. So now here's the big question. What are you doing to fix it? So, you know, folks, when people ask about trauma in treatment, and you often ask me, I get letters and notes, how do you deal with at Seeking Integrity, when you're doing treatment there, how do you deal with trauma? And what is the point of bringing up trauma? And why do you even bother? And I think that Eddie and his work and his book are really pointing to this really important issue, which is that if I walk around in the world thinking that I'm a bad person, that the things I do, that I'm just inevitably going to hurt people and let them down, if I go around the world and I just see myself as a selfish or immoral person because of my sexual behavior, then that's not really catching the essence of healing. I think what Eddie's saying is that when you start to look at the fact that growing up, there might have been damage, there might have been losses, there might have been deficits that needed to be made up for. And out of all of that, you have learned a way of coping 
that doesn't really work well, but it does work. It keeps you emotionally stable, even though it creates problems with your spouse and all that. If you can get to that point, I think what Eddie's saying is you don't have to walk around hating yourself. You can say, hmm, this isn't, I'm not doing these things because I'm a bad person. I'm doing these things because bad things happen to me. And this is how I learned to get along. You're absolutely right. We have we put defense mechanisms in the, as kids. If you think about it from a childhood perspective, okay, let's say you're six, seven years old, and you have somebody who's bullying you at school. You don't know what to do with this. You go home. You try to talk to your parents. They're too busy. Or you know what? It happens to everybody. Don't worry. You'll be fine. So now I have to, as a child, figure out how do I deal with this? Now, again, having limited world experiences and being more emotionally based in my thinking than cognitively based, the solution I usually come up with is, I'm not going to think about it. Right? I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to run away. So therefore, I don't distract myself. Endless TV, maybe too much food, whatever it may be. And that's how you learn how to adjust to all the problems in your life. But now you're an adult. And you're still engaging that kind of behavior, and it's going to bring havoc, most likely, to yourself and your relationship moving forward. You know, folks, I think Eddie just just did a fabulous job of really articulating how childhood trauma affects later adult life. Hey there. I sure hope you're enjoying this Sex, Love, and Addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com, that's seekingintegrity.com, or call us at 747-234-4325. You know, Eddie, we haven't even gotten to the book yet, but I understand now why you wrote it. You really want people to move away from shame. You want them to move away from hating themselves. You want them to move away from thinking that God doesn't love them or whatever that is for them and move into a place of, you know, maybe I just did the best I could to survive some really difficult emotional experiences. And now that I understand that and can see it from a distance, I can start to grow even more. And now I can stop these behaviors that are, that are problematic that I didn't realize where they came from. You see, Dr. Rob, now I know why you're a leading authority in this in this uh, field, because you hit the nail on the head. See, it's not just about, oh, how do I get rid of that behavior that's causing havoc in my life? It's about how do I change who, how I feel about myself? So I feel more positive, more I my self-worth, my self-esteem is increased. Well, and also, Eddie, how do I improve my ability to have relationships and connections? Because, you know, if I move, okay, I'll dump the porn, but while my family's at home, I'm just going to sit on the computer. Or when I'm called to dinner, I'm going to say I'm busy. In other words, when I, if I don't fully involve myself in the life of my family, and I think this is true for a lot of men too, they don't understand necessarily like, and, and let me not insult you male listeners, but, you know, some of you guys will say, well, doing so much around the house is really like, you know, let's say my wife's not working. She has time for that. I'm working. I don't. She can take care of the house. I'll take care about, you know, what's going on outside. There are a lot of traditional marriages like that still. And then men, a man will say, well, but I don't want to participate in making dinner because that's not my job. I want to read the paper. I worked all day. And what that man doesn't realize, and I hope by 2020 you do, 
is that by making dinner with your family, you connect, you become a part of, that is the fun of family life. It's not the chore of doing the laundry, it's getting your seven-year-old to do the laundry with you and throw the towels everywhere and make a big mess. And that's what family life's about. And so many men, I think, do withdraw from their family lives into this world of, I've been working so hard and now what goes on at home, that's just, I'm, a, I'm an observer to what goes on at home rather than a participant. Well, I don't know what you've seen, but in my practice, nine out of 10 men who come in, they have what, what I term as the emotional, low emotional IQ. They can tell me again that they feel you know, angry, that they feel fearful, sad, happy, but they can't go down and tell you what they really feel. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong with angry, sad, and happy if they feel that way? I think you're talking about, you're saying there might be more there. Oh, there's a lot deeper rooted emotions. Like, for example, are you saying that men have feelings just like we, like we have just as many? We just aren't as familiar with them and don't know how to articulate them? You, you've hit the nail on the head again, absolutely. And you're fully aware of this. Yes, obviously, we, we don't. We don't do a good job with that. And even if I can identify what I truly feel, I can't be vulnerable and express it. So therefore, I keep it to myself. Well, when I identify what I feel, I, I will just want to fix it. I mean, that's okay. I'm sad. How can I feel better? I'm angry. How can I get, that's my solution to a feeling is how can I get rid of it? <laughs> that's what they do with their, with their partners or their spouse when they try to be emotional with them. And therefore I got to minimize it. I got to try to move away from it. I'm going to fix it, whatever. And therefore you have the emotional distance. And I believe, and I believe you believe this too, that sometimes the hunt using uh, physical intimacy and pornography and such is nothing more than the distraction of what we really want to find, and that is emotional intimacy. Well, uh, yes, I absolutely agree with you. And no, I don't think most men think that they're looking for emotional intimacy. They will say, I just want to be happy. I just want to have fun with my family. They won't necessarily think of it that way. But when they are more engaged in family life, and, and let me just say something about that, Eddie. You know, I grew up in a family, and I don't know about you, but you know, there's a lot of trauma in my upbringing. And I learned really young that, you know, Christmas was not going to be a lot of fun at my house. You know, <laughs> Thanksgiving, like hanging out with these crazy people and not being able to be in school. These people yelled at each other and screamed at each other and then left. You know, it wasn't their fault, but that's who they were. I never really liked the holidays. And so this sort of goes with what you're saying as an addict in my 50s. I kind of looked up and said, hmm, maybe I should start enjoying the holidays instead of running away. And I realized that I can enjoy the holidays as an adult. I just need to invite people I like and do activities that I and my family enjoy. In other words, it was the crazy experiences I had growing up that taught me the holidays suck. <laughs> what I didn't realize is having a week off with people who are fun, it could be really wonderful and, and rewarding. And so I use that metaphor, that example, because I think, you know, hanging out with a family and being a part of what's going on, that was a, something I wanted to get away from as a kid as much as I hung out in my room, I isolated, I smoked pot, I looked at porn, you know, whatever I could to get away from that crazy family. And growing up, maybe sometimes as an adult, we actually pick a reasonable family, but then we still stay away from the very things that would make us feel fulfilled because we figure they're not for us or we don't enjoy them or they wouldn't bring us pleasure because that's how we grew up. So every assumption in recovery, in healing has to be questioned. And do I like my time with the family? Do I enjoy making dinner? Do I enjoy doing the laundry? Do I enjoy, do I enjoy changing my, you know, all of it. I think what your book does is say to people, don't just assume that something that you don't like or that you don't, that doesn't seem to interest you, or don't just assume that's the way it is. But maybe there's a part of you inside 
that is longing to play with your family, that is longing to be loved and connected, that wants that a whole lot more than they want porn. Yes. I mean, I tell, I tell guys, you know what, you wouldn't know emotional intimacy if it hit you in the face. And I need, I need to teach you what that is and what it looks like. And you're right. The other thing is what I say to them is, you know what, we have our head down and we're running through life. We need to lift our head up and see what is around us, including the people in our lives and what are their needs, what are their wants versus being so inwardly focused, thinking about just what I need. And when you do that and you start to say, oh, you know what? My kid really wants to play with me today, but I keep putting, blowing them off because I'm too busy with stuff. But you know what? Missing out, making a memory. I could be creating a memory. And joy and fun. And just your example about the holidays, it becomes the point where we become aware that, you know what, all right, just because it was like that in the past doesn't mean it has to continue. Let me find a different way to be able to experience that time that will bring me a sense of joy. But see, a lot of these guys don't think joy is even a possibility in their lives. And therefore, it's just, you know, we're just living it out going day by day. And they don't have those really very upbeat emotions, except maybe if they drank a little bit too much every now and then. But it's very sad. And I know I lived through it for a long, long time, just walking through life. And I was a very success, uh, successful, you know, corporate um, businessman. And I, I had what would look like with the greatest life on the outside. Yes. The Facebook life. Yeah, right. But there was a void inside me that was not filled. And what that void was, was seeking emotional connection. But as I said before, I just didn't know it. And I wouldn't know it no matter if it, like I said, even if it came up and hit me in the face. Well, we're really good at compartmentalizing men in particular. You know, we can split Mm -hmm. different parts of our lives and put them in boxes. And, you know, um, I think a lot of us feel a lot of us get our, a lot more satisfaction in our work lives than we do in our home lives mm-hmm. as men. And that is often because we don't know how to seek satisfaction in our home lives. Some of the strengths that we have in the workplace that really make us feel good about ourselves or successful, they don't really cut it at home, <laughs> but we don't necessarily know how to grow closer to others at home. So it's kind of a void. Demands at work are not the same. The demands at work don't need us, don't, aren't requiring to say, hey, Engage with us, spend time with us, ask curious questions. You know, that's the other thing. These guys are just not, for the most part, not curious. And you can learn how to be emotionally attached to someone. It does take work. And as I said, you know what? You may be on a scale of a two out of 10. I'm never going to give you 10, but I might give you a five or six. And boy, that looks a lot better than a two. And by the way, you better be glad if your partner is willing to help you with this, that they're with you because the right male or female partner can help lead you to emotional intimacy. I think that the people that we work with, and you'll have to tell me what you think, Eddie, I think the people we work with who are in relationships have some advantage in a way because they already have someone there who has tolerated them, put up with them as well. And I mean, certainly having cheated on your partner and still living with them has its disadvantages of very angry partners who are very hurt, but there's a foundation to grow things from. And, and it's even harder for our single folks, men and women, because Eddie, what we're really talking about is maybe you were never loved in a way that felt real to you as a kid. How would you ever know how to love other people in a way that feels real? You know, the same things that I ran away from as a kid, 
in my family are the things that I need to move toward in my adult life. I ran away from my parents. I ran away from spending time with family. I ran away from sitting with those older people and having to listen to them. I ran away from their screaming and yelling in the nightmare. And I found other places to go in my head or with drugs or with sex. And, and that meant that the skill set needed to be in a healthy family may not have been learned when a lot of us were younger. And what I want to say to all the guys out there who the next time you hear your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend say, honey, would you come join me for dinner? Would you just put that stuff down? Put it down and join them. They are asking you for a, as Eddie just said, a memorable moment, a moment that might evolve love and connection. And whatever's on the computer or the TV is just not as important. All right. So, Dr. Rob, this is what, what you're talking about is, again, men or women who are spending too much time in their own head and they're not looking outward to see what are the needs and desires of other people. And when you start to do that, and you start to then act upon that, you find that life is so much more fulfilling, enjoyable, and memorable. You know, I want to share with you, Eddie, something that I uh, was said on a previous podcast, Dr. Stan Tatkin, who wrote Wired for Love, and he's a really big attachment person. He, he talks about this, how couples, you know, really when we're in a coupleship, if we are doing it right and we have a healthy focus, our focus when I'm asking myself what's right or wrong, whether it's time to go to dinner or time to spend money or time to go look at porn, my first question should always be, is this good for the relationship? Not is it good for me, but is it good for the relationship? And that kind of thinking helps lead a healthy family. But unfortunately, he will also say that many of us in relationships will revert to selfishness, which is, I know I'm in a relationship, but what about me? <laughs> and there is the challenge. Yeah, I, I asked a similar question, or I, I, or I tell my client to ask themselves a similar, similar question, and that is, how will this action or inaction impact my spouse or partner before taking any kind of action? Answer that question, because again, you have to understand what are your motives for doing things. And we do not, people, at least I know from me, when I was, you know, really acting out uh, in my addictive behavior, I wasn't thinking about what my motives were. But I also wasn't thinking, oh, I'm, I'm out there intentionally trying to hurt someone. But I wasn't. But I wasn't thinking about hurting anybody at all. All I thought about was, what do I need? What do I desire? And how do I get it? And how do I get it? <laughs> right? How do I get it? So I think that we get each other well. And folks, you know, if you're listening, I hope that you're really, to me, I think we're giving a really good outline. And we're not just talking about sex addiction, by the way. We're talking about all the addictions. Whether someone struggles with alcohol or drugs, whether they struggle with gambling or gaming, whether they struggle with food or sex, all of these issues harken back to emotional deficits and childhood issues. I, I wish that I could say it was otherwise. That's not to say, however, and I think this is one of the most important points in recovery. It's not to say that by going back and working on childhood trauma, I will stop being an addict. By going back and working on my history and being a better father or husband, I will stop being an addict. I will always be an addict because of what happened to me. And I always need to be aware of that and work on that separately because that is my own issue that is separate from a relationship issue. And I have to pay attention to it as if I had diabetes. Yes. And that point of thing, like if you have diabetes, you're going to be, hopefully, hopefully you're going to be very mindful of your diet, of exercising, all of those things, planning ahead. Oh, we're going to this party 
and we know there's going to be a major banquet there. All right, what do I do beforehand to prepare myself? And it's the same thing here. It's about mindfulness. I know what triggered my inner child, and therefore I'm out, I'm looking outward to say, ooh, this event could be one of those triggers. Now, how do I, instead of doing what he wants me to do, run off and distract myself, I use my wise mind and say, let me rationalize this situation as an adult instead of a kid. And then two, let me bring in a healthy lifeline that replaces using pornography or running to a massage parlor or whatever. Or picking up a drink. Yeah, we're picking, you know, you made a great point, which everybody who's read this book has said, they said you could take the word sexual out of there and just say your addiction because used for everything. Thank you, Eddie. Now you've learned, now you've learned the key. So when I wrote Out of the Doghouse, I wasn't writing about sex addiction. I was writing about infidelity. Yes. And pro-dependence pro is not in any way about sex addiction. It's about families and partners of all addicts and troubled people. I think that once we learn lessons like you and I have as deeply and as meaningfully as we have, we see how much they apply in multiple areas. So Eddie, you know, I just picture you out in the middle, out in the middle of the country somewhere dealing with people who are just like, just your regular guy just comes in and says, hey, what's the problem with porn? My wife doesn't like it. I like to look at it. What's the big deal? Uh, I mean, granted, I'm looking at it four hours a day and we haven't had sex in three years, but what's the big, I mean, it's just porn, right? How do you convince, how do you help those people say, understand that it isn't about masculinity. It isn't about, you know, my dad looked a playboy. I can look at this. It's about what's going on in your home and or it's about how it affects the person you're living with because you would deal with a lot of couples. So what do you guys run into when it comes to a guy saying, well, my dad looked a playboy and this isn't that far from it. What's the big deal? And then you got a spouse who says, because it deeply hurts me. It makes me feel less than all of that. How, how do you deal with that? You work with the men. Let's, let's, let's say it's a man and a female. And you're trying to convince them to look beyond just the fact of what they believe about pornography. Because to your point, they're watching that is causing emotional distress on their partner. So therefore, it's like, okay, I understand you enjoy it, but can you not sacrifice in order not to cause her this sort of pain that she's going through? Or is it that you're saying, hey, look, you know what? My looking at porn trumps her emotions that are hurt. Well, I've heard a lot of different things, right? I've heard, hey, porn doesn't matter. It's not like sex. I've heard, uh, not like I'm going out with other people. What's the big deal? But I think what you're pointing to is, again, what I really love about where you come from. How about the fact that your wife is upset? Why don't we just talk about that? Why would you continue to do something without a lot of discussion, a lot of going into a lot of examination, a lot of mindfulness, why would you just be flipping and say, I'm just going to do what I want when your wife or your husband is upset? Like that is your priority, right? To pay attention to the partner who's upset. You're saying, Eddie, if you're choosing the porn over dealing with your partner's upset, if you just say to the partner, oh, you're too conservative and what's the big deal? And you're not listening to the person who's hurting in your own home. That's exactly right. You're not listening at that point. And that kind of goes back to in the book, you know, I, I came up with nine different children and one is the entitled child. And in cases, the people who I do find that push back on the things like porn, you know, my, my porn isn't hurting anyone. It's like, 
hey, you know what? It, 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 it is. Those people fall more into the entitled child. You're talking about narcissism, I think. You have some of that there. Yes, absolutely. Because it's, look, I want what I want. And you know what? I'm sorry. You need to get over it. I'm not, I'm not like you said, I'm not sleeping with anybody else. I'm not, you know, talking to anybody online. I'm just looking at images. So, you know what? You should be happy because other husbands are worse. And you know what? That that will work. I mean, that will shut the partner up. That will maybe create some peace, but it won't bring the love and connection that all of us need and want. Right. So now, now you wind up in a relationship that where you're starting to pull apart even more. And, and that, that relationship is not going to be a very healthy one. Eddie, tell us the name of the book that you've written again. I think everyone needs to hear it and how they can find it. Right. It's called Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impacts Your Sexual Addiction. And then we think it would be just fine for how your inner child affects addiction, period, because that's probably true for everyone. And can they get it on Amazon or is it available everywhere? It's pretty much everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, books, almost any online book retail uh, outlet is there. And do you think a wife or a spouse would benefit from reading this as well? Oh, absolutely. Because as I said to you before, you know, what, what's one of the questions we hear from wives, you know, all the time, especially the first time to sit on the couch, it's like, why? Why did you do this? How could you take our life and turn it upside down? I don't even know who you are. Well, what this book does is help people understand who they are and why they are the way they are. And therefore, for a spouse, it is extremely beneficial. And where do people reach you at if they wanted to talk to you, if they wanted to come see you, if they wanted to have a session or something? How is there an email or how would they find you on a website? They can reach me at um, edcappa, E-D-C-A-P-P-A at gmail.com. They can also go to my website. Um, I have two. One is innerchild-sexaddiction.com. Again, innerchild-sexaddiction.com and Abundant Life Counseling ga that's georgia ga.com eddie it's been a pleasure to have you folks um i hope that you take advantage of what eddie has to say and really start to connect with the people who love you there is no there there without that thanks eddie you folks have a great day we'll talk soon hey folks i just want everyone to know eddie is so fantastic here if you want to talk to eddie or have an interaction with him he is live on sex and relationship that's our free support website sexandrelationshiphealing.com. Eddie is live and you can ask him questions every third Wednesday of the month. He's online in Sex and Relationship Healing and he does an amazing group for helping couples navigate the road to recovery. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term, effective, intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chemsex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.